Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Another great show for you today. If it's another Thursday, and you know what we do here on Thursdays on the podcast, we talk about what's going on in the Arena Football League. Yes, folks, we're at week 13. The season's got about seven weeks left in the season. The playoff time is crunch time is around. And always joining me on this show, he I call him the Arena Football Insider. He's got me beat on a lot of scoops, folks. Joining me always here on the podcast is the one and only Harrison Brown from Sunday Night Sports and also beat writer for ArenaFan.com. Harrison, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Our Warriors won. They pulled it off. Had a great last three games. After we uh, held our last podcast, we gave them the boost they needed, and they took that momentum and just ran with it. Yeah, they definitely did. I think we were good luck when we were on last Thursday. That kind of, like, got them going. Like, we were, like, the good luck that got them going. <laughs> So we got a great show for you tonight, folks. As we said, we're in week 13, and week 12 was very interesting to say the least, folks. If you haven't missed week 12, it was a doozy. The Kiss won their second straight game. They're on a two-game winning streak, but you'll be surprised on who they beat in an overtime thriller. The Soul fall to the Orlando Predators. On Saturday night, we're going to ask Harrison all about that game and what happened to the Soul, because we know in Rainbow League it's always hard to beat teams three times in the season. It's very hard to do that. We're going to talk to Harrison about that. We're going to look forward to the Soul's next game against the Kiss, which is going to be very interesting indeed. And Harrison, I think we do have a guest coming on tonight, finally, on the podcast. I think we have a guest coming on. We're expecting Andre Thurman uh, about any minute. You know, we're 0 for 2 right now with guests, but Andre is a Confirm to me that I'll be calling in five minutes. So definitely be on the lookout for that, Jovan. I know you're the uh, tech master over there. <laughs> definitely. We're going to be on the lookout. Like you said, Cleveland Gladiators wide receiver Andre Thurman will be calling into the Total Sports Live podcast any minute now. But before Andre joins us here on the pod, let's talk about week 12. Let's talk about week 12 first, guys. Uh, it was an interesting week, and it was one of the, probably the most Interesting games that we would never, ever, 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 ever think would happen. We the game that we didn't nobody pick as an upset. I remember last week, show I was thinking about it, but I wasn't going to do that to myself and make myself look like a fool. But the L.A. Kiss, wow, went an overtime thriller 
in San Jose. Yeah, in San Jose. Not in L.A., in San Jose. Taking down Eric Meyer and company, 48-42. Donovan Morgan, I think, had the game-winning touchdown reception, if I'm not mistaken. On the was, overtime, um, I'm not it was Samson, I believe. Yeah, that's who it was. It was Samson. Yeah, it was Samson. Yep, yep, that's who it was. Samson with the game-winning touchdown. And this is and this happens before in a couple hours beforehand we find out earlier that Saturday that Adrian McPherson was signed by the by the by the Toronto Argonauts Argonauts of the uh, of the CFL. So they were riding back with Danny Southwick and wow. The kids are now on a two game winning streak, but once again, once again, you gotta give it to the defense and Rayshon Kaiser is proven to be a uh, uh, a difference, a difference maker for that LA Kids defense, Harrison. Rayshon Kaiser might have already earned himself a second team or first team All Arena spot through three games with the LA Kiss and uh, three uh, games in New Orleans and three not great games in New Orleans. But he has absolutely changed the LA Kiss just as a whole, not even just on defense. Mm-hmm. It just seems like ever since they acquired him, the team has so much more energy. You know, it's just the defense is so much so much better. You know, they're more fluent. They look like they just understand what they're doing. And I believe I've said it all three weeks. He's a player coach. You know, he he pretty much ran the secondary meetings here in Philly for, from what I've heard. I can't, I can't confirm that. I wasn't there. But from what I've heard from former players, you know, he was the guy running the meetings. So, you know, and I'm sure Andre will attest to this when we talk to him about 2013. Kaiser is one of the best defensive backs to ever play this game. But what he does off the field and leadership-wise, that's what I think is making the key out there in L.A. Yeah, that definitely has been the key on the leadership that he's bringing on that uh, on uh, on the defense. And we and you and me know definitely, Harrison, especially when it comes to the Arena Football League. If you can get one or two stops in a game and then you can come back and score offense, that's really going to put your team in the driver's seat, and, you know, the Kiss played phenomenal. I mean, putting up 48 points against the San Jose Sabercats is no joke, especially against that defense. And, you know, they, they you know, they, they, they played they play good. Southwick played good. Donovan Morgan is still doing his thing. And the Kiss are right now in, back in playoff contention, folks. Yes, the Kiss are back in playoff contention. This is not a drill. They really are. Even though being at a 29 record, they are in playoff contention. But when we look at the San Jose Sabercats side, what is have you heard anything on the status of Eric Meyer? Because he went down the last game, I think it was in the fourth quarter in overtime, I think. He went down and he was looking really gimpy getting up off the turf in San Jose. No, nothing. Hasn't hit an active reserve. Transactions came out today, nothing big. Um, hasn't hit an active reserve, hasn't hit IR, so... That'll just be a wait-and-see thing. You know, AFL is usually kind of quiet about the injuries and stuff. Teams don't really release too much of that unless you got the inside scoop. So, no, nothing on him. That will be definitely something interesting to have, definitely something interesting to see. But I think we do have our special guest joining us here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Joining us on the podcast is none other than Cleveland Gladiators wide receiver, Andre Thurman. Andre, thanks for joining the Total Sports Live podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? 
Good. Good. Doing good. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Harrison, you know, lead off since you know he this was this was his this was his doing. So Harrison, take it away. All right, so Andre, can you just talk about how you guys have been playing down in Cleveland and how you've adjusted to playing back in the East Coast in the AFL this year? Yeah, uh, we got a we we got a great team, man. We got a team. We've got we've got one or two leaders at every position, which I think is key. Um, at, at every position, we're we've got great depth. We got hit with the injury bug early. Um, but I think we're in a we're in a position right now where we're getting a lot of guys back, um, and we're poised to make a, a big run down the stretch. Which, uh, you know, obviously in the arena league, it's it's that way. It's not so much how you start, but more or less how you finish. And I think that we got, I think we have the right tools to kind of compete with the upper echelon teams down the stretch. Now, how are you feeling? You had a sprained ankle a couple of weeks on special teams. Can you give us any update on your status? Uh, I would say I'm about a week or two out. I'm about a week or two out. I, I practiced for the first time this week. Uh, still got some soreness in my ankle. Um, but I'm about a week or two out. Um, feeling good, man. Just trying to stay active, you know, trying to stay active without running too much. But it was good to get back on the field this, this week, man. I'm, I'm anxious to get back on the field and help. And hopefully I can be a small piece of the puzzle down the stretch. This year you guys have five losses, but all five are to Arizona, San Jose, Philly, or Jacksonville, and Orlando, all playoff teams. Can you just talk about that a little bit and what it's going to take to beat one of those top-tier teams, which you guys clearly are? You know what? I, I, you, you can't, and I'm glad you mentioned that, man. You can't beat those four or five teams, those five teams specifically, man, without um, having mistakes. And uh, I, I think out of all those teams uh, – out of all those games that we played, I think Orlando was the only team who beat us pretty much without mistake free football. You know, all the other teams, I think that we really beat ourselves, um, Arizona, San Jose, Jacksonville. I think those guys that kind of beat ourselves a little bit, uh, lost a turnover battle in each one of those games. You can't do that. Um, we're missing a big piece in, in Dominic Jones and in, in I think two of those games. So, um, just gelling, man. We 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 gotta we gotta limit the mistakes down the stretch. I think that a, lot, a little bit of that comes with uh, some continuity issues on offense. And, you know, Shane and Shane and Shane and Dominic and Colin, Colin Taylor have had a good chemistry. I think Amari's kind of getting back into the chemistry, and I think we got a big addition, big pickup, mid-season pickup with T. Lou coming back. You had a great 2013 season with the Philadelphia Soul, which wound up making it to the Arena Bowl. But last year you had a tough year with being traded to Portland and then being released and then being released from Jacksonville one week after signing. A strange incident, which we've had previous conversations about. But just talk about coming back into the league this year and how it's been transitioning back to football from kind of sort of a year off while having a few weeks stands here and there. Right. Um, it's been It's been tough, to be honest with you. Um, I've always been a passionate guy as far as, as playing football, but having a whole year off to just think about it and seeing, you know, seeing guys perform, uh, it, it kind of put the chip back on my shoulder a little bit. Even at 34 years old, man, I, I came into the season with a, with, with a kind of a chip on my shoulder to, to prove a point that I still feel like I'm one of the better receivers in arena football given opportunity. So, um, it was tough, man, but, 
it, it gave me some time to, to, to rethink, is this what I really want to do? Because I'm in the latter stage, of, latter stage of my career, but it's something that I thought twice about, really wanted to do. Um, I developed this, this new passion, almost like a younger passion that I had coming out of the combine. Man, I developed that new passion to, to almost prove a point that I'm I'm not ready to give up or not ready to give in. It's the fatherhood, man, time. <laughs> With the exception of uh, week 14 and week 15, you guys are at home for the rest of the season starting this week versus Tampa. Just talk about playing in front of that crazy Cleveland crowd, probably the best fan base in the arena football league right now, attendance-wise, and I've been there personally. It's a really loud arena. Can you just talk about playing in front of them and what advantage is going to give you guys during this uh, final stretch? Yeah, absolutely, man. There's no question that out of all the teams that I have played in arena arena football, the fan base here in Cleveland is, is bar none the best. Um, when you're talking about the fans having the knowledge of the game, um, the understanding of the game, they understand it well. Um, and like you said, we get a pretty much almost a pack house every game. We get anywhere from twelve to 13,000 every game, um, which is huge, man, especially down in the fourth quarter when uh, offensively stopping offenses, having that having that eighth man. And, and as far as your backup, man, it's going to be huge. And, um, you know, Arena League, and arena, arena League, when it comes to home-based teams, man, it's, it's real vital. Um that you have your home support. And like I said earlier, Cleveland, man, bar none, we, I think we have the best home base fan in arena football. Now this year you've been seen primarily a kick returner with some offensive plays here and there. Talk about just kick returning a little bit. In 2013, you definitely saw some time there, but time will be split between you, Larico Stevenson, James Romaine sometimes will be back there. So just talk about how it's been really transitioning as to a full kick returner. Um. You know, I, li- I like it. You know, it was my it was my first job. It was my first job in college when I was at the University of Arizona. Uh, it was my first job when I came professional at Green Bay. Um, you know, so it, it's right up my alley. Uh, I, I'm used to being being back there, and I think it takes a certain toughness to to be the only guy back there to uh, return. Um, the arena league is a little slightly different as far as the timing goes. Uh, as far as catching balls off the net and having so much width to really run and, and 50 yards, man, it's more of a one one foot, one plant, one cut go. So just getting used to that again, man, I've had some good good help from uh, the addition of Terrence Sanders back here. He's been kind of my eyes uh, early on in the season. Um, he's been my eyes, and it's helped me been the eyes for Amari Jackson, who I think is one of the best returners in the game too. So we, we've got some depth at the kick return spot. Has been playing with quarterback Shane Austin, one of the upcoming guys in this league, and a great story coming from a backup to a seventeen and one season last year. I like Shane, man. Shane's got a certain poise about him, man. He, he he's not a he's not a real difference between uh, comparing him to to Dan Rodderball. Is uh, Dan Dan was a very very uh, in your face type of quarterback, where Shane's kind of the opposite. He's very very laid back. He's very very poised. Uh, I mean, we've been down some games in the fourth quarter. We're down, you know, two touchdowns or three touchdowns, man. He's got the same demeanor and the same pose that he has going into the game. Um, I've got a lot of respect for him, man, because of how he works off the field. Uh, usually your quarterbacks are the guys who 
kind of just to meet and greet guys and, you know, practice is practice, we're going to meet. But, you know, Shane, will, he'll get in the weight room and stick his nose in the weights a little bit. Um, he loves hanging around the boys. Uh, he, he's natural, man. He's a, he's a big, big competitor, man. Guys a limit with him in the future with arena football. Now, can you talk about this game a little bit, going out and playing Tampa Bay? While you may not be playing in it, just talk about what your team should expect to face, and uh, you'll be seeing one of your former receivers, Emory Salmons, out there. Yeah, well, we talked about Emory all week. Um, we we talked about Emory all week. He's having a solid season. Uh, of course, TT over there is also a threat. But like any sport, man, it's tough to beat a team, you know, twice, let alone three times, and this is our third meeting. We've already beat them twice. Uh, so we know that they know that we're, what we're doing, and we know what what they're doing. So a lot of it's coming down to who wants it more, man. It's, it's not a really a surprise kind of know what each other's doing, man. It's who wants it more. Um, it's going to be a good game. Tampa had a big, big win against Jacksonville last week. They're going to be on the high uh, coming on the road. You know, they played us tough last game, so um, there shouldn't be any reason why they wouldn't come in here thinking that they had the possibility to beat us. So uh, we had a great week of practice. Uh, we had two tough. Uh, we had a tough road trip as far as the team goes, as far as traveling in Vegas and New Orleans. But uh, I think we understand the the we understand the, the importance of this game. So we're not taking it lightly, man. I, I think we'll be okay. Your former team and one of the best teams in the Rita Football League this year, the Philadelphia Solar, ahead of you guys in the division right now. But it's likely you'll be facing them in the playoffs, and you'll also be facing them in Week 15. So just talk about that Soul team a little bit and what you've seen this year from them. Uh, they're well coached, man. They're, they're well coached. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to any of the coaches that I play with, but when it comes to X's and O's, man, those are the best. Uh he, he knows what to get. He knows how to get the best out of players and bring the best out of players. Um, I think what was different for with with Clinton other offenses prior is that he's kind of always had a, a bigger bigger receiver in the in his big three. Or I think this year adding Marco Thomas and SK to Ryan, I think you got three guys who can run and three guys who can pressure the defense, man. So. Um, it's tough to stop them on offense. And then a big addition with Bo Bell at the Mike linebacker. And, you know, I, I've been a fan of James Romain. He's kind of like a little brother to me, man. And I got high praise for James Romain. I think he's, um, with Berger being down, I think he's the best safety in the middle in the, in the, in the arena football league. So it just takes some time to gel and getting used to. I know they're, they're a well-coached team. We're going to have our work cut out for us when we do play him a little bit down the line. But, yeah, I, I think we're, we're definitely on a on a crash course to meet, uh, not only in the last regular season game. It's going to have some implications, but the, the champions, the playoffs, which, you know, I think that's going to be big too. You won't face them this year, but you'll uh, talk about the L.A. Kiss a little bit and how Rayshon Kaiser affected your career in 2013 as a leader on and off the field and just what you've seen him do out in L.A. this year. Uh, Ray Shaw, man, he, he, he's a smart player. He knows the game. Uh, he, he's, a, he's one of the guys who, who helped blossom James Romain, man. James Romain was humble enough to, to really learn from, 
from from Rayshon Kaiser, and I think that's what elevated his game. But that says a lot about Rayshon not being a selfish veteran and, and helping a younger guy. But he's a great teammate. He's very, very smart. He can put a whole defense in the right situation. Um, he understands players. He understands guys' tendencies. Um, I, I had a hand, and once he was released in Arizona, I was asking Coach T if, you know, we can bring him in. Um but 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 Ray's good. He, he's gonna he's gonna give that that whole LA team some morale, um, and, and I think they're in a position where they can make a playoff run. And if they do get in the playoffs with having a, a veteran safety, which is I think the most important position on defense, is having a veteran safety in the playoffs, man, that can it can really help you out down the stretch, man. So having Ray Sean Kaiser, man, for them for LA is a huge huge plus. All right, Andre, that's all I got for you. Joe Vaughn, if you have any questions, go ahead. Yeah, I got a, probably got like a couple of questions for Andre. You had a pretty decorated decorated football career, playing in the NFL, CFL, UFL, you know, and starting your uh, playing in Arizona and in Southern Oregon. Talk about, you know, just that experience earlier in your football career, playing in the NFL and then the CFL and now in the AFL and then the UFL. Just talk about, you know, that experience just going in between leagues, but, you know, still not stopping it, you know, continuing to trade your dream because there's a lot of, you know, small school football players out here that, you know, can't, that don't make it in the NFL and they feel like their dreams is over playing football. Talk about your experience just going through that, you know, that grind of jumping from league to league and, you know, finding a real home and doing wonders in the arena football league. Right, right. I'll tell you what, I think one of the biggest mistakes that young guys do have, especially being cut from NFL teams or camps, is that they wait, you know, that they wait. I'm waiting on the next call. My agent said that, you know, another team's going to call me and just kind of wait. That was never my mentality, man. When I when I left, mm-hmm. uh, when I finished up at Southern Oregon, and I was picked up from – I was actually picked up with the New York Giants coming out. And once I was released, man – I went to Green Bay. I just didn't like that feeling of being released. I went to Green Bay, and I promised myself that, and I'm gonna make it hard as I possibly can for for me to get cut. And I actually had a couple couple good years in Green Bay, and went to Canada. And it was the same thing. I, I think I was about I was about 26 in in Canada, where I was in a situation where, you know, do I wait three months to try to get on the training camp team? Or do I have Canada right here who's already offered me a contract? Do I go play? My mentality was I felt like I could play. It didn't matter where. I just had to go and show on film. So that was the biggest thing with me, man. I, I played in Canada in 2006, and once the season was over, I didn't get picked up in the NFL. Well, two months later, I'm like, okay, let's let's go play some more football. So I went from there, then right to Arena Football League. And it was just wherever I could play, man, wherever I could put my foot in the door is, is, you know, I wanted to play. Um, Arena Football League folded in 2000 and, uh, 2008. Uh, from that point, that opportunity came with the United Football League. Uh, it was a great league, a lot of good competitive players. I was blessed to play with some good quarterbacks. I had Tim Matei, J.P. Lossman, Drew Willie, who was the starting quarterback in Winnipeg. Um, and and Great coach, Coach Fossil, man. I was able to blossom in that league, and that league folded. And you know, two months later, I went to Coach Guy's office and told him, you know, I'm I'm ready to play some more football. So, 
it's just having that hunger, man, and having that knack to just just want to continue to play football, um, no matter where you are. And, and I would give the advice, especially the younger football players, that you know don't wait. If you have an opportunity, I can care less of, of what team or you know of who's out there, what kind of competition you're going to face. If you have an opportunity, and there's a coach who's going to give you an opportunity to play football, go take it. You know, and that, that's the advice that I would I would recommend because if you can play, you can play. Doesn't matter what team, what organization, what league. I feel like if you can play, you can play. And if you have a dream to get back in the NFL, man, that that they're gonna find you. No matter where you are, they're gonna find you. Definitely, I definitely agree with that. That's pretty much the only question I had because that was just a great answer that you just gave. So we definitely would like to have you back on the podcast, Andre. Thanks again for calling in and sharing some time talking about this week's game. For you guys, good luck against the Tampa Bay Storm. Like you said, it's hard to beat teams three times in a row, but you guys are – I heard that you guys are rocking some special uh, special jerseys uh, this week. So let's see if you guys go out and beat the Storm for three times in a row. So thanks again for calling in. Thank you, man. We got the we got the gold. We got the all-gold LeBrons coming out, man. <laughs> the Cavs jerseys this week. Can't wait. Uh, hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Harrison, get get in touch with me, man. Thanks, Andre. Okay, buddy. All right, see ya. Later. So that was Cleveland Gladiators wide receiver Andre Thurman. And wow, Harrison. First of all, I'd just like to say good job by you on the interview. Just totally just blew it away right there with the questions and stuff. Great. Andre Thurman, great guy. You can tell great guy, veteran, knows the game of football and knows the ins and outs of football on both sides and just a great guy. And he gave a great answer right there when it came, you know, just chasing your dream and still doing what you want to do and playing football, no matter what league. And like he said, like I said, he had a very decorated career and he's now, you know, playing amazing. He's playing, he's been playing amazing in the AFL for the past, for the past few seasons. Yeah. Great guy. Um, he actually runs his own uh, business out in Arizona. You know, he's not just a great football player. He's a great mm-hmm. he's a great all-around guy. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's really, he's really marketing himself very well. He runs a company called Thermonetics out in Arizona with youth football, training for adults and high school, college, NFL athletes. So Thurman is really doing it up. He's held celebrity golf outings with players like Lance Briggs out there who came out to it. So, Thurman is definitely a guy to keep your eye on. You know, he does a lot of merchandise and stuff with AFL guys. I know he sponsors Ryan McDaniel, Romaine, Brackens, uh, I believe Cliff Dukes, and now Amari Jackson out in Cleveland. You know, he gives them gear and that kind of stuff and really makes sure they're all just set. And so Thurman is a great guy and a great football player, one of the, one of the best receivers in this league at the age of 34. And he can really still play, as we've seen this year before he was injured. So watch out for when Andre Thurman comes back into that uh, that receiving court. But great segue to our next topic was when Andre was talking about continuing to chase on dreams. We've got Teddy Jennings returning to the Philadelphia Soul at defensive end. He decided against uh, reporting, went on refused to report in camp to explore outdoor options and wound up finding an outdoor option with the Montreal LOS. And uh, evidently, he was on camp with Michael Sam. At, uh, at the end, they both play the end. Jennings might have to play a little bit of outside linebacker over the next few years if he does wind up back outside. But definitely when I see him, I'm going to talk to him about, you know, how it was playing with Sam and the media attention that it 
it got the whole team. So continuing to chase dreams, Teddy decided to wait on a call, did get one, but uh, after it didn't work out, returned to the soul, and that front four is absolutely deadly now. So great segue. Thanks, Andre. <laughs> Definitely. Uh-huh. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the soul. And you also mentioned the press, so let's talk about that game. Soul lose to the Predators 45-42. That's 42 points as low scoring for the Philadelphia Soul in in Harrison. What just happened in this game? You know, as Andre pointed out with the Gladiators, you know, they beat Tampa Bay already twice this season. It's hard to beat the team three times in a row. That's the same thing that's happened to the Soul. I mean, they had a hard time beating this team the third time around, which is expected. It's sports. You never beat teams three times in a row. If you do... It kind of like a luck thing, but what 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 just happened in this game? Um, tough. You know, it was. I watched the whole game, and I still didn't have a great grip on exactly what went wrong for the soul. And usually, there's one glaring thing. You know, offensive line play wasn't great, which is definitely definitely uncommon for the soul. You know, you never expect to see that line of, you know, Taggart who came back for his first game since being injured and Kivis and Breen and Smith. You know, you never expect them to struggle and allow some pressure, but they did, you know, and that might just be them falling back down to earth. You know, they've they've played so good that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's just a normal game for some offensive lines. So that was one thing. Dan, Dan looked a little trigger happy. He looked like he was kind of rushing some of his reads, which as a quarterback you can never do, especially in the Arena Football League. Really got to take what they give you and – you know, Dan, Dan made a couple bad throws. All in all, a decent game for Dan Rodabaugh, though. You know, and uh, Cass coming back. He didn't get as many runs as I would have would have liked him to against that Orlando front. That's probably because, you know, first game back, you don't want to rush him into it. But, you know, I, I expected to see Taggart a little bit more. And, and on defense, you know, it's it just all around. All around, it was kind of a sloppy game, you know, especially on defense. They just – the pass rush wasn't really there, you know. Mets, Mets is still developing. I'm a big fan of Mets. I watch him every game just to see how he's developing. And, you know, he, he showed some signs that he was a rookie, but huge fan of Mets and huge fan of that front altogether. So I think it was a growing experience. And so I think, I think that loss is a win in some way. You know, they're still in pretty good control of the American Conference. It looks like they're going to be the number one seed. They're still in control uh-huh. of the division. So, you know, if you had to lose, that's definitely a learning experience, though. That one, that one doesn't hurt me as bad as you know, getting blown out to San Jose in uh, week week right. three did last year. Right, definitely, and they got a tough game coming up this week. Yeah, we said tough because they're playing the LA Kiss at a weird start time. I think the start time over here is like eleven o'clock on the East Coast, ten thirty, eleven o'clock on the East Coast. Late night, late late night game for the Soul traveling cross country to take on the Kiss and Harrison. What are the three keys for the Soul to win this one? Because this game's not a pushover like we probably thought it was earlier in the season because the Kiss are starting to believe in themselves now. They just they, they, Get they after. won two straight games against their last one against San Jose, an undefeated team. So they got all the confidence in the world now for the rest of this season. Get after Danny Southwick. Get after mm-hmm. Danny Southwick. That's my number one thing. I'll, I'll touch back on all of them. Number one, get back on Danny Southwood. Number two, Chris Browns. Rayshon Kaiser knows the AFL. You have to run your routes correctly. This year, it has been a lot of Marco Thomas high-motion corner routes. If that's not ran correctly against Rayshon Kaiser, that's going to be a pick. And I'm sure Rayshon knows that because of watching film. So that is the key. Run Chris Browns. Get after Danny Southwick. 
And number three, the offensive line needs to get back on, on track, which I think should be no problem. L.A. still does not have many pass rushers. Antoine Dillon, I'm a fan of him. You know, I, I like the way he gets after it. I like his motor. But one guy does not – well, Joe Sykes. But one guy in L.A. does not, you know, change the game on the defensive line. So those are my three things right now. And uh, most important, get after Danny Southwood. Jake Ness, Brian Robinson, uh, Justin Lawrence. Not sure who's going to be starting at the end. I don't expect it to be Teddy Jennings. So I'll go with Patrick Scott. You know, those guys need to get after Southwick. That offensive line, you know, it's it's gotten better, and it looks good against San Jose. But they, mm-hmm. if they make mistakes, that, that defensive line needs to get after Southwick. Definitely. Like those three points, some three points, actually, they go well. And like you said, in the AFL, like you said, and I like how you hammered your first point away about getting after the quarterback. If you can get after the quarterback in the AFL, you are bound to get some turnovers happening. That's the sole need. Get some turnovers. Get up get up on L.A. early so then you can keep on bringing the pressure. And like you said, and then definitely agree to your second point, you got to run your routes, Chris, like you said. Because Rayshon Kaiser is the best in the game. And right now he's just on a, he's on a roll right now. He's a uh, – He's pulling a LeBron James. He's putting the defense on his back right now, and you know, he's 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 making the he's making plays right now for that LA defense. Taking pick taking pick sixes to the house. He's just doing it all for that defense. Like you said, if they don't run their routes correctly, it could be a long day in the uh, in the office. And talking about the soul real quick, I'm not mistaken. I saw uh, yesterday that SK was placed on IR, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, inactive reserve, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on with that? Does that mean he's that means he's pretty much out for this week, and somebody else who, and who's going to step in for him if that's necessarily true? Yeah, I would expect him to be out. Um, today is Thursday. Game's on Saturday. It, it doesn't look like he'll be playing. Um, if uh-huh. I had to guess, maybe Lonnie Outlaw, and that would be okay. that'd be interesting to see a full game of Lonnie Outlaw. You know, see a lot uh-huh. of deep routes and. It's just how that would work. Uh, probably if you had to look back, look back at 2012 or 2013 film with Larry Brackens. So that that would definitely be who I expect to do it. Uh, Harvey Benford could also play. I'm not sure how he's doing injury-wise. He's been out for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might – I doubt at this point they'd pull anyone else. I think it's one of those two guys. Definitely. So we'll look out for that. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely look out for that when it comes to Saturday's game against the uh, – Against the uh, against the kiss on at eleven ten thirty at night on I think it's on ESPN two if I'm not mistaken on this yep. second ESPN two. So uh, a couple more things here. The rookie of the year watching MVP race. This is something that I've been very keen on the past few weeks. And right now in the MVP and not and we're going to talk about MVP because there might be a new number two that's creeping up the boards right now. But when we look at rookie year, Harrison, it looks like Kendrick Ings is right now putting his stamp on it right now because the man had two special teams touchdowns in their upset win over the Jacksonville Sharks. Took a kickoff return for a touchdown, and then on a kickoff return, and then on a kickoff return, he on the kick coverage, the uh, ball went off of a, a Jacksonville defender. He was right there at the right time, scored the touchdown. So it looks like Ings is on the is on the top is on the top track to win rookie of the year. Where probably I think me and you can agree Warren Smith at two possibly. Yeah, yeah, Smith will probably be my two, but I I think it's Ings. 
Uh, he's he's my favorite. You know, in the preseason, I had Mets. Mets set out for so long, though. And, you know, his stats mm-hmm. aren't that great. He's done pretty good. But right now, yeah, it's Ings for me. He's uh, he's definitely dominating now in Tampa Bay. And that receiving core, I've said it probably 100 times on this podcast, that receiving core is really scary, you know, when you get down to it. Philip Barnett has been really good this year. He's kind of slowed down over the past few weeks. T.T. Tolliver, mm-hmm. you can never forget about him. You know, we, we talked about never. Larry Thurman being a veteran. T.T. Tolliver is four years older than Thurman, and he's still killing it in this league. And Emory Salmon's another one. He's flying around, making plays out there in Tampa. It's weird to say. You know, I almost said Philly right there. But uh, that, <laughs> that whole core. And uh, Julius Gregory as well, really talented guy. So mm-hmm. their whole core is stacked, and they could be stacked for years to come because, if I'm not mistaken, three of those guys in Ings, Barnett, and probably Gregory – you know, they can all come back next year on that rookie option. So right. that that is definitely dangerous for uh, next year, this year and next year. So Tampa Bay could definitely be a team to watch out for. In these upcoming weeks, we'll see how they do against Cleveland, a really good team. Cleveland might be without Dominic Goodman, who hit an active reserve today, but that'll definitely be something we'll have to wait and see on. So that that's going to be really interesting to see how they play against a good gladiator team. Definitely. So we got those two. And then the MVP race, it looks like it looks like we might have a new number two. And that new number two, and you might agree with me with this one, is Joe Sykes. Joe Sykes literally might be our number two guy on this on this uh on this list because the man, if you don't if you do not know, now you know, has fourteen sacks this season. And if you listen to our podcast about a couple weeks, a couple Thursdays ago, we talked about Harrison, specifically talked about Sykes and how he was he was a few sacks away from breaking the record. And Harrison, wow, 14 sacks, still seven weeks to go left in the season. He's almost at 20. This is crazy. You know, Sykes, Sykes might be a tough MVP pick. He's, it's him or Fondet at Defensive Player of the Year. He's definitely defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. There's no question Yeah. There. MVP might be tough because he's got so much there. You know, you've also got mm-hmm. Brady and yep. Tiger, Tiger and, you know, that defense. The defense is still pretty stacked. Ross, mm-hmm. so, and Hills. Hills has been absolutely insane this year. So, MVP might be tough for Sykes, but defensive player of the year is between him, Fontenet, and you could even throw a Romain in there, but Joe Sykes, man, he is crazy. That That's the Sykes that we saw in San Antonio and San Jose back in 2013 to 2012, and he's, he's been the key to Jacksonville's defense, and he's the scariest pass rusher in the league right now. And, you know, really no question, Jason Stewart's pretty good at nose, but off the edge, nobody I would want to be more afraid to face than Sykes. Yeah, definitely. And you, like you mentioned, Joe Hill, he's been on, like he said, he's been on fire, 104 receptions this season, 1,029 yards and 28 TDs. That's ridiculous, but that's not even the most TDs in the league. Reggie Gray has 102 catches for a 1,028 yards and 29 touchdowns. But the top three guys still, the top three guys are Tiger Jones with 1,423 yards, 103 receptions, 26 TDs. Donovan Morgan, 1,291 with 87 receptions, 26 touchdowns. And Marco Thomas falling right, coming right behind them with 1,248, 106 catches and 28 I didn't notice, but my oh my, we are going to get an offensive shootout in this in this kiss soul game between Donovan Morgan and Marco Thomas. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous thing that we're going to see. 
on uh, on Saturday night, which leads us to our pick segment here on the podcast here. And let's start off with tomorrow's tomorrow tomorrow's game. And Andre pointed as Andre Thurman pointed out that his teams will be rocking the LeBron goal. Really cool jersey. You gotta check them out. We haven't seen them. They're really cool. They're rocking. They're rocking all gold. I haven't seen this done. The AFL has done fabulous jobs with these third jerseys and alternates this year. We haven't seen them this year. The teams have been doing fantastic jobs with them. Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Cleveland is looking to stay in the playoff hunt to move on to eight and five. While Tampa is still fighting in the playoff hunt as well, getting a big one over Jacksonville last Friday. Harrison, who you got in this game? Tampa or Cleveland? It's going to be his tough. I'm going to give home field advantage to Cleveland because their fans are so loud, and it's such mm-hmm. a difference maker. You know, you, you ask anybody, Cleveland and Spokane are just two really tough places to play. So I'm going to go with Cleveland mm-hmm. in this one. But it's going to be closer. You know, like I said last week with New Orleans, it's going to be a little bit closer than you might expect. But I, I just like what Cleveland has right now. Uh, if Goodman's out, that might change my pick. But assuming Goodman's in, which I don't know right now, um, I'm still gonna roll with Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna roll with Cleveland, like you said. That that, that home field advantage, and I and and I don't know if Tampa is going to be ready after coming off such of a high win over a divisional opponent to now play in, in an in conference game. I don't know how prepared they're going to be. They're going to be prepared, but I don't know if they're going to be ready for Cleveland because right now they're fighting for playoff lives too. They're all fighting for you know those uh, second and third and fourth spots in the American Conference. All right, coming up on Saturday, we got the Preds taking on Nick Davila in the Rattlers. Davila still just rolling. This is just like he's, this is just like clockwork for him. This is just another day at the office. Who you got, Harrison, against the Preds and the Rattlers? I got those scary O's on the Rattlers. You know, they look really good right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to pick against them any week. But this week especially, you know, I just I just really like really like what Nick Davila has done in his return. And um you know, it's just tough to go against them right now, so I'm gonna roll with Nick Davila and Arizona Rattlers. I'm gonna go with the Rattlers too. Like you said, Davila is just you know, he's just rolling right now. He's a machine and you know, they could <laughs> If weird things happen this season, they could end up being that number one seed in the national conference. So, well, still seven weeks ago, weird things can happen. Other game on Saturday, Philly at the Kiss. The Kiss are looking for the third run in the world. Philly's looking to get back on track, taking a trip to the West Coast. Harrison, who you got? Uh, I don't know, man. This This is a really, really close game because Philly is also playing at eleven o'clock on the uh, on the Easter time as well, so that mm-hmm. that's definitely something to think about because to play at eleven o'clock something that you don't normally do that that changes things you know that's going to be a lot definitely. tougher and traveling to Los Angeles a long flight about six hours I believe and playing this revamped Kiss offense you know I might have to roll with Kiss so honestly I'm going to pick against the soul and I'm going to go with Kiss. As crazy as that sounds, I thought this would be an automatic win, but with the way they've been playing and how hard it is to travel in the 11 o'clock game, all the odds are against the soul, so I'm going to roll with Kiss. Yeah, I'm going to go the same route. I'm going with the Kiss, just like you said, those factors. And like I'm, I'm like I said, I've, we've seen both these teams playing right now. The Kiss are the hotter team right now. Rayshon Connors has been a monster. Morgan's been a monster. 
So I'm going to go to Kiss too. Hopefully this will prove us wrong, but it's not, and this could be this could be crazy. We only got 60 seconds left, so let's wrap it up. Last two picks: San Jose at Las Vegas and Spokane at Portland. Who you got, Harrison? San Jose and Spokane. All right, and I'm going to go San Jose and Port and and, and Spokane for those two games. Everybody, thank you again for tuning in to the TSL Podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you download the TuneIn Radio app if you do miss this episode, and we'll also tweet it out. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jovan10. Follow Total Sports Live on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Check out TotalSportsLive.com. Also, follow Harrison on Twitter at SNFD Sports, and make sure you hit the subscribe button on the YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button. Sunday Night Sports, and check out his work on, arena, on arenafan.com. Thanks again for Andre Thurman for calling into the podcast tonight. Everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you guys same time, same place on Arena Football next Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. here on Block Talk Radio. Have a good night. Have a good one, Joe Vaughn.